penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. I spent all last week looking for my invitation to that rap party, <laughs> and uh, no, no, didn't didn't find it. It's probably buried in the Gmail right now. Is what I'm getting. How embarrassing! How embarrassing! Check your spam. Uh, <laughs> that's where all JJ's emails to me go now. They go to they go to spam. Uh, no, I wasn't invited. Jim, were you invited? No, not even in the spam. No, nothing. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about it. Apparently, Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know about him being invited, but uh, he crashed it. We've got some um, highlights uh, of, of him talking about it. It's a big deal. I mean, we've got the title announcement, The Force Awakens. We've got the the rap party that happened in in, in London. Um, Bob Iger's going on the record, actually talking about the uh, the official title. The Force Awakens. We got that. A whole lot more coming up this week on Rebel Force Radio for November 14th, 2014. And boy, it's great to be back with you. We've got so much to be excited about as Star Wars fans. And uh, th- this week, no exception. And here with me to talk about it, <laughs> to tell you what it means and why you should care, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Why we should care, Jason? Well, of course, because it's Star Wars. And each and every week on this show, it's like an audio version of Star Wars Celebration, those awesome conventions you've been to and that you're going to go back to next April 2015 in Anaheim. That's what this show tries to capture each and every week. We say it loud and we say it proud. And we're Star Wars fans here. I'm finally over all my anxiety and and depression from the uh, the, the the terrible incident that happened last week with uh, the loss of our mm, Revenge of the mm, Sith mm, commentary mm. track. Uh, a lot of you fans have uh, reached out and said, "Hey, keep your chin up, buddy," <laughs> and I appreciate all the support. Of course, as I predicted, a lot of people reached out and said, "Hey, just release it as is. We'll take it." But no, no, no. It's way beneath our standards, and and we're convinced, Sam. David, and myself, with the addition of Jason, that we will be producing a way better version of that commentary track. It's going to blow you away. So be looking for that to be coming soon. I don't have any other updates outside of that, uh, but we will be coordinating with the crew ASAP. Is it wrong for me to say that I'm somewhat... uh, pleased that it didn't work out yeah i figured you would be as a matter of fact i think that you might have something to do with this i didn't <laughs> I was, want, no i didn't want to I bring was chewing, this up. i was chewing on the power couplings yeah, i didn't want to bring this up on the show but i i sense uh sabotage so uh i don't know <laughs> i don't know but yeah, uh i i wanted to be on desperately i mean we've had such a good time and and so i, I you know what the force the force is um maybe the one the, the real culprit here and it, it it works in mysterious ways, <laughs> and I think that perhaps I was I was meant to be on that recording, 
And uh, yeah, we got We got to make it happen. Yeah, we'll we will. make it happen. We will. Yeah, and you'll sure. be there. But this week we have a great show. We have Matt Lanter joining us in the cantina, of course, celebrating the fact that this week we saw the release of Clone Wars Season 6 on disc, Blu-ray and DVD. Matt's going to be coming up with us later in the show to talk to us about some of uh, his favorite moments from Season 6 and uh, the series on a whole plus a lot more with Matt Lanters. He joins us in the cantina. Outrageous, unthinkable stories return this week, specifically from Hollywood. Holly Weird is back in the news, and Mark Hamill's beard is out of the news. It's gone MIA, Mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's beard, I, you know, and it's a shame. Um, I guess I can say it. I was just on the verge of creating a Twitter account for Mark Hamill's beard. And uh, I, I, I'm too late. I missed the boat on it. Oh, uh, I know. I know. So uh, more the beard on- is just a, it's just a pile of whiskers at the bottom. Of, you know, that, that little part of the drain, you know, the little hook part, the little round, you know, the, what is that? The, the little S people are asking us on Facebook. Did Mark save it for Rancho Obi-Wan? <laughs> How would one go about doing that? Well, you just, uh, you know, maybe you just kind of trim it with, because it was so bushy. <laughs> you know, he looked like uh, uh, Grizzly Adams. Well, <laughs> Dan Haggerty. Yeah, yeah there, were, there were small animals living in that, I'm convinced. Oh, definitely. He, he could have parked the land speeder <laughs> right in that thing. But, I'm, I mean, it was so, I mean, it was just out of control. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was just it, it really was. It, I mean, it he was looked a, he looked like <laughs> he looked like he was looking for the line for the the hee haw casting call. <laughs> I, I I don't know what was going on with that beard. It was insane, but uh, it must have been driving him nuts. So uh, as soon as he could, he, he shaved uh, that he sucker shaved off. off so and, uh, yeah. yeah, and he tweeted it. He tweeted. It. In fact, he tweeted um, that he he actually there was a photograph of him. That he tweeted wearing a Sven Gulli T-shirt, Jim, and he's one of these guys. Uh, Sven Gulli, uh, you know, kind of. I think he's one of the original sort of late night horror movie hosts. Yeah, that's right. It, actually, you know, a, a Chicago staple here, and uh, uh, actually, someone I know. Sven Gulli is a guy named Rich Coase, and he is, uh, you know, he runs in uh, all the the local broadcasting circles that I run in, and I've known Rich for a long time, and he's truly a uh, Chicago treasure and a talent. Now he's being seen uh, nationwide on MeTV as he uh, does his uh, horror movie hosting thing, you know, in the tradition of your Elvira or the Goulardi from Cleveland. Goulardi from Cleveland, yeah. Ohio. Right. So uh, he's much like that. And and uh, so, you know what? Let's jump into news because we have some some more information about Svengoolie. And uh, we'll actually hear from Svengoolie himself as soon as we get into news headlines. <laughs> I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. Yeah, so this Sven Gulli character, apparently, you know, Mark Hamill's a big fan of, uh, you know, all things genre. And so, naturally, uh, he would be drawn to those types of eccentric characters like your Goulardis and your Sven Gullis and your uh, Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Do you ever, do you ever hang out with Elvira, Jim? No, I've never come in contact with her though. But uh, the kids over there at Skywalking Through Neverland did a Halloween show with Elvira, and you can hear that at Shot Glass Digital. So she's still out there and doing her thing. 
they had a, a recent photo of her too, and I gotta say, well, you know what? Not bad. Not with bad. her things. <laughs> with her things, yeah. She's still <laughs> she's still putting it all out there and uh and God bless her for doing it. Um still doing the Elvira thing. So um no, I've never crossed paths with her. The only horror movie host that I've ever actually had the pleasure of meeting is uh Svengoolie from Chicago. Svengoolie uh came on the scene in the early seventies. Um hosting, you know, just doing that that thing that horror movie show hosts would do, just providing intros and outros to the uh, the clips of the film, you know, coming in and out of commercials and everything, you know, like uh, Count Floyd from SCTV. Now, does he put himself in the movies once in a while? Every once in a while, they'll do something called Svenovision, where, yes, yeah, so- <laughs> He'll find himself inserted in. And, of course, he was um, the guy who, in the uh, late 70s, did the uh, 3D broadcast of Creature from the Black Lagoon. So you would go to the 7-Eleven and pick up your 3D glasses and go home, and you had to adjust something on your television to make it all work. And it worked for very few people. I remember sitting there (laughs) staring at my TV as a kid trying to say, is it 3D yet? (laughs) With the blue and red glasses. But, I mean, you know, so he is an iconic Chicago staple, Svengoolie. And now he's becoming known uh, worldwide. As a matter of fact, when Sheldon was in town a few years ago for C2E2, Svengoolie was there. And I believe Sheldon shot some footage of me and Sven talking. And it was during that conversation when Sven told me, hey, you know what? You love Star Wars. Mark Hamill has reached out to me. He let me know that he's a big fan of Sven Gulli. And he watches the movies and, and uh, is really into all that kind of stuff. And I sent him a T-shirt. So I guess that uh, Mark actually took the T-shirt with him out to... London, and he'd been wearing it around the Star Wars sets at Pinewood, and then it was a sort of a an arranged thing where he was going to say Happy Halloween UK style to Svengoolie, and he took a picture of himself wearing the Svengoolie T-shirt standing in front of the Pinewood Studio sign. But the thing that really makes the the picture important to us as Star Wars fans is that gigantic beard growth on his face has been removed. (laughs) Mark is clean shaven. And I got to tell you in this photo, he looks like he's in fantastic shape. He looks like Luke Skywalker. He He sure does. The black t-shirt and the, uh, the hair is trimmed up. Finally, he's looking like he did at the end of return of the Jedi. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's so Jim, does this imply that um, that he shaved the beard off to uh, uh, for episode eight, or did he shave the beard off because his wife Mary Lou just couldn't deal with it anymore? <laughs> well, the, the, the squirrels living in there is just too much. I think Mark couldn't really deal with it too much either. Um, as someone who grows an occasional beard, especially during hockey playoff season, to show support for my team, the Blackhawks. I uh, I get a little irritated by some beard growth on my face, so I would imagine Mark, who doesn't normally wear a beard, was getting extremely irritated by it um, and couldn't wait to shave it off. Now, here's the question. Here's the question as Star Wars fans as we analyze this photo and we consider the lack of beard and the fact that he does look like Luke Skywalker from the end of... 
Return of the Jedi, albeit, you know, a few years into the future. Um, but definitely, you look at that picture and you see, you see Luke Skywalker. So the question is, did he shave the beard off because it was a contractually obligated beard, as he had been quoted as saying in the past, and he had finished his filming, he was wrapped on the set and done, and so it was time to shave the beard off, or... Or did he shave the beard off because his character shaves the beard off as his character evolves throughout the screenplay? Is that something that happens at the end of his character's growth progression throughout? Or will we find him at the top of episode eight? Right. In a more recognizable form. Yes. Right. So it's pretty exciting. And, And so when we saw that, you know, we had assumed, all right, well, they must be wrapping up filming very soon. And then sure enough, last week, the big announcement. Yes, it's official. Everything's a wrap. J.J. had sent out a note to the cast and crew. Someone took a photo of that and put it out on Twitter. Um, it was a thank you note. Uh, Jason, I believe you made mention of it last week. Um, we see pictures of Mark Hamill, clean shaven. And then we hear about the rap party. John Boyega going crazy, dancing to uh, turn down for what? <laughs> And uh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's that's just a you know, it's just a a song that's popular right now, you know, and hence why I don't know what it is. Extremely popular, definitely with an internet crowd too. So you know, I mean, you see it on a lot of videos and stuff. People are using it a lot. It's just see, you know, it's the the song du jour of the day right now. You know, you got your uh, Gangnam Style, you got your. Turn up the what? There's, there's always something that's popular like that. But let's get back to Mark Hamill now. People are like Svengoli. Who's this Svengoli guy? Okay, now all of a sudden, people are wondering in the Star Wars community about Svengoli. And if you live outside the Chicago area, you might not instantly recognize the name or the connection between Mark and Sven. So I, I call him Sven. I've known the guy for a long time, and Sven. Shows up occasionally on my wife, Wendy Snyder's afternoon radio broadcast on WGN Radio. So it was Halloween. It's a tradition for Svengooli to visit Wendy and her co-host, Bill Leff, at the WGN studios. And it was, like I said, Halloween. Sven was there, and that was the day this picture was released. Wendy saw the picture on Twitter and could not resist asking Sven what the deal is. Just today, I received a picture of Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, standing under a sign for Pinewood Studios wearing his Svengoolie shirt. And I've been told that actually this was a premeditated thing. This was planned a while back because he'd always told me, I've been wearing your shirt around, but I haven't been able to, you know, send you any pictures because of the uh, special paper we had to sign that we can't disclose. There's an embargo on what can be disclosed. I'll find a way to send you a picture or something. And uh, I guess, you know, people knew that he was waiting to send it to me on this particular day. And it's a great picture. We put it on uh, my Facebook page and also on Twitter. Happy Halloween, UK style to my favorite horror host, Sven Gulli. From Mark Hamill from Luke Skywalker. It is. Doesn't he look good in that picture? Yeah. Yeah. He's freshly shaved. Terrific. Really, really good. Yeah. 
What I love about that is that uh, Wendy's like, yeah, look, he shaved. She knows all about it. She knows about the big rat nest beard yeah, she, that he I, had going on. She sure did. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, she yeah you should be out. proud of her. That's kind of a turn on. How about but that? Anytime my wife like, just like, throws down with something sh- that she shouldn't know, I'm like, it's kind of hot. <laughs> you shouldn't know that. <laughs> oh, come here. Give me a hug. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, again, proving once more that uh, Chicago is the epicenter of all things Star Wars. It's a great picture of Mark. He, he, and he does look like he's in great shape. It's the best picture I've seen of him in years. Actually. He's very superhero type pose. you know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Really looking it. forward to seeing what he's going to be bringing to... Uh, to uh, future Star Wars films. Yeah, and we'll talk what we think he might be bringing uh, later in the program with our spoiler segment. There's uh, quite, a, quite a few topics about the character of Luke Skywalker and what he might be doing in Episode 7, so look forward to that. Uh, we mentioned before that Bob Iger, uh, of course, he's the chairman and CEO of, of Walt Disney. Was, he was interviewed by uh, the folks over at Bloomberg, and this was not too long after the big title announcement. And so he had a, a, a few things to say about the big news dropping about The Force Awakens. Uh, it was a decision that was made by a few people who were involved in, uh, in the process. Kathy Kennedy, who runs Lucasfilm for us, and J.J. Abrams, who's directing uh, The Force Awakens. I was going to say Star Wars 7, but now it's a new name. Uh, we're involved in the decision, as were we. We feel great about it. We feel great about the film. Can't wait till it comes out. Is it true that they're going to come? By the way, and we're, we're only one of many that can't wait till it comes out. Oh, I know. I know. There are many, 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 many in this newsroom that are waiting for that one to come out. Mark Hamill's back. Harrison Ford is back. Who's your favorite character, Bob? I don't have a favorite Star Wars character. I'm usually asked who my favorite Disney character is. I love the franchise. I still remember going to the first film in 1977, movie theater on Broadway in Manhattan. It's an experience I will never forget, and uh, that's exactly what we're hoping to do again with The Force Awakens in December of 15. I think we want to give be- people experiences they, they, they've never forgotten. Well, there you go. So it was Kathleen Kennedy and several others had a, a role in, uh, in, in, in creating the title. Setting the title, The Force Awakens. And as we, as we said, Jim, I, already, already it's starting to feel kind of just normal. I think it's not throwing me like it was the force awakens. Well, I, yeah. I, I do have to keep stopping myself from saying the force unleashed. I'll admit it. I do, yeah, but right. I, I I've already been also working with the TFA shortening of it. Oh yeah. TFA TFA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. S T T F A or excuse me. Not <laughs> S- oh God. Oh. I said S T dude. I know. SWTFA. Oh, no. TMI is what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so you got to do the, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not as pithy as rats. 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 Didn't we have a ban on using that on we the did. show? Rots? Yeah. You can't say yeah. rots. You say Sith. What's so hard about right. saying Sith? Yeah, or so you, you can't, can't say, say rots. Aatka. 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 A and H, tip them, tip them. The Phantom Menace, um, yeah. rats, um, Tespa, uh, Tespa, Rotja, Tespa, and and, 
And Tafar. 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 Hey, for those of you still listening, we got a big treat for. <laughs> For your you know, for your loyalty, you're going to be able to hear Matt Lanter in the cantina. The Matt Lanter. Star Wars, Star Wars cantina. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Sorry about the mess. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. <laughs> Yeah, so Matt's actually, he's going to call us. Darth Vader. There he is. (laughs) Darth Vader. Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. I I actually forgot what it was. I forgot my name. And then when I signed in, uh, Jim, when you and I were talking, I was like, oh, right, Darth Vader. How can I forget that? Look how clever I was. Yes. Right? So, you know, here's the explanation behind the name is that, uh, you know, of course, Star Wars, but, um, when I created the name, I was like golfing a lot, and um, I was fading the ball mostly. So, you know. So, so what are our other options here? Darth Shank? Uh, yeah, yeah. Darth Darth Hooker? Maybe. Darth- <laughs> I don't know. Darth Slice? Yeah, Darth Darth Slicey. Yeah. Uh, mine would just be called like Darth Twenty Five Over Par. Thank you very much. Oh man, it's been a while for I. I like injured my shoulder, and every time I, uh, my buddy asked me all the time, and I got to get I don't know something. Something's going on with the tendons, and the, I don't know. But he asked me all the time, and I'm like, "You're a young no, man, Matt. What, I know what you, you're too young to be dealing with this kind of thing." Do you know what it is? Um, honestly, there, I remember specifically. This is this is just terrible to admit because, like you said, I'm. I'm 31. Uh, I was shooting 90210, and I remember specifically one day, and actually it was Stephen Amell who plays Arrow. I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but it's yeah. really oh, yeah. popular. So uh, I was doing a fight scene with him, and he's, he's a bigger guy than me, so he's taller. So I was um, you know, doing like a fake punches, and, and, and believe it or not, it's actually quite hard to do that because you have to yank your arm back as to not obviously hit the other actor. <laughs> and right. um, and I, I yanked it back in like some weird way, and I, I felt a, a little click in my shoulder. And ever since then, it's not been the same. So, did you study stage fighting in <clears throat> acting school or anything like that? No, I didn't. Uh, right before we go to do a scene, uh, I just pray a little bit and uh, <laughs> take some instruction and, and, and hope everything's okay. But every time uh, I would see you on I know two and oh, you're always whooping someone's ass. I know. Yeah, the magic, uh, mo- uh, you know, movie magic. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We just. We just go for it. I was, I was Matt, I believed you. Up. I believed you with every punch. Yes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, so good to talk to you. It's been a while. It has been a while, yeah. It's been it's been kinda kinda weird for me, you know, being out of the out of the Star Wars uh you know, at least making it for a while now. So um, you know, we went to Disney um this past summer, which was a lot of fun, but uh yeah, it's strange to see all this new stuff coming out. And I have, I just have no idea, like what's going on behind the scenes after after being slightly in the know for a long time. So, but you're never completely out of the picture, especially when these lost missions are being released on DVD. Like today, we saw the release of season six on DVD. So, there's yeah. still new, fresh Star Wars content with your contributions being released. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's that is uh, so exciting. I had no idea uh, about the the stuff that they the, the animatics that they released. I'm sure you guys probably checked that out at some point. Yes. But uh, 
for like the Utapau and all that kind of, and I had no idea that those were even there. Now that I went back and I, I saw some of it, I, I of course remember recording that, but I just feel like they keep just pulling stuff out of a rabbit's hat. Like who knows what else they have up there? I don't even know. Oh, that's <laughs> Maybe they recorded enough of you, Matt, that now they can just string together, you know, New like thing. a speaking spell. They can make you say anything now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping they, they string some of that together in episode seven. But uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a you had a cameo of sorts on on Rebels. I don't know how they modulated your voice so low and so deep, and they put oh, you behind yeah. that black helmet. And uh, right, yeah, yeah. You definitely were there in spirit. I mean, that must have been. I mean, you've been able to enjoy this series uh, as a as a fan. I'm assuming. I got to tell you the truth. I've not seen it. What? Yeah. Not I've seen, seen it. it. Uh-uh. I've seen bits and pieces of uh, of it, and I, 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 you know, I see. I've seen that the tone is really fun, very reminiscent, actually, of uh, you know, kind of um, <clears throat> some of the original, uh, in my opinion. But um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've unfortunately not seen it. I don't know. I feel like I've been busy, and I don't even know busy with what. I'm just. Well, you're busy being Matt Lancer, for one. I guess. What right? does that mean? Throwing fake punches? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you. So you 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 said that you're 31 years old, and I, I don't recall if we if we've talked about this, but you know we all identify w- with Star Wars at a certain at a certain era. You know, there's the you know for Jimmy Mac, who's he's a very old man, um, ancient. He, <laughs> he uh, of course, I mean the original Star Wars before it was called A New Hope. Uh, before it was episode four, that will always be his Star Wars for me. It was Return of the Jedi, seeing that right. in the theater. Uh, so for you, Matt, what when you think Star Wars, what is your Star Wars? Well, I mean, I think it's a little biased for me now because when I think Star Wars, I, I think Clone Wars immediately, obviously. But um, I don't know. I mean, maybe apart from that, if you're asking, like, what is my my movie, if I, if I think Star Wars um, – Man, uh, it's it's actually a really good question. I don't know, but I, I mean, I I suppose I know we've kind of like chatted about this before. But one of my my first experience with Star Wars really was you know, just watching some of the um, the uh, prequels first um, in my room when I was younger. So, uh, gosh, I don't know. That's a really uh, I guess tough question now for me to to say what is Star Wars to you? Because it Star seems Wars- like at, at thirty one, you're kind of you're kind of in between a little bit. You you kind of grew up. Yeah. During yeah. the dark times, yeah, you're when a, there wasn't a whole lot of Star Wars you're, going on. You're definitely a tweener, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, like I, uh, yeah, the prequels were kind of, um, I think, what was that, ninety seven when when the it came out, right? Ninety. Yeah. Well, the the special editions were ninety seven. That, that was the big oh, okay. pre release, and uh, and then the first prequels out in ninety nine. So yeah, you'd have been about about the right age. But, yeah, so ninety nine. It's like right. Right, going into high school, so uh, like 13, 14, something like that. So I, that's what I do remember when I first kind of, you know, went to see what Star Wars was all about was the prequels. Uh, but now, I mean, for me, start when you say Star Wars, I it's I the Clone just, Wars, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, just the, the experience of of you know working on the Clone Wars and, and all the family and friends that I've you know gained through the years of, of um, you know, working and, and meeting all these awesome people at the conventions and things like that. Like that, all of that now is Star Wars to me. Is, does, it, does it feel weird with the attention focused on a kind of a new cast? I mean, maybe you, maybe you understand, like you're like William Shatner and, and you're watching Jean-Luc Picard out there. You're watching Patrick Stewart, right? I mean, well, it, yes and no, because Star, I mean, Anakin really wasn't mine in the first place anyway. So, you know, it was, it was well, always. You rented it, him for a while. 
I did rent him for a while, and I yeah, yeah, I, I had a good run. Uh, <laughs> and to dry clean him and take him back to the shop. But um, yeah, I you know Anakin was was always kind of Hayden before myself anyway, and I I provided a, a voice, not the the whole thing. So um, I think I think that the movies are kind of just always going to trump the animations in a lot of uh, hearts of Star Wars fans. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I talked to we talked to a lot of people. And uh, you are their Anakin Skywalker, and I mean yeah, it. It's true. That's so nice. That's, that's awesome to hear. It. That's really cool. Thanks for saying that. I think you yeah. uh, you gave the character a lot more confidence and authority than maybe he had at least in Attack of the Clones. And you must have had Hayden's performance in the back of your head a lot hmm. of the times, right? Um, I mean, uh, yes and no. I mean, not really when I'm there doing it. I knew what we were we were going for a, a different Anakin from the very get go. I, uh, I had talked to George. I went to George's office and he called me Anakin and we had a, a brief conversation about just who this clone wars Anakin is going to be and how he's going to be different from, from that. So I, I guess I say no. In that did he, did he tell you to say, Oh, don't play it like that whiny kid. That was a big mistake. No, he did not say that. He didn't say that. I already said, heard that's what he said. No, he did not not say that. You know what? If he had said that, I I still feel like I could get in some trouble for admitting that. (laughs) So so that's amazing. I'm teasing. You'll just have to keep wondering about that. Um, So were were you called into his office at Skywalker Ranch in the main house? Yeah, so what had happened, I mean, you guys know that I was recast uh, as Anakin, and I came on board a couple of months after everyone had already been recording. No! Uh, wait, wait, hold wait. hold on, hold on. I've never heard this before. Really? You didn't know this? There was another Anakin cast before yeah. you. Yeah. And that Anakin didn't work out for whatever reason. It, yeah. it, it was, was it Tim Curry? Was it Hayden? <laughs> it was <laughs> No, it was not Hayden. Uh, I believe it was the same uh, voiceover actor who was... Who's doing it for, uh, for the um, for the micro the other, series, the other Clone Wars uh, animations, the Gendy series? Yeah, the Gendy series. That guy, no, nope. yeah. yeah, very, yeah. very much like a Hayden delivery. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and I think they were kind of wanting to go a bit of a different direction, maybe in attitude and also in just voice voice quality. So, yeah, I was I was recast. Um, I went in there and. Uh, and uh, I went in and I saw Dave and at, the, at that time Catherine Winder, were, uh, they, she was there in the booth and they gave me a scene and it was an Anakin R2 scene. And they, you know, of course they were very secret so I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know it was Anakin. I, uh, I thought it was Deke Starkiller. And, um, mm-hmm. and they told me, just give me your best combination of Han Solo and, um, and Luke and just see what happens. And so I just kind of did. And then they called me back and. Said it was oh, Anakin. that's right, because so, you didn't know it was Star Wars, right? Yeah, I didn't know. So were you thinking, no, 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 like... No, 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 I knew it was Star Wars. Oh, you knew Wars. it was Star Wars, but not yeah. Anakin. Gotcha. But, okay. Yeah, but essentially, that's all I knew. Right. So so that's what happened. And then, yeah, I, I was flown up to Skywalker Ranch, and Dave, you know, basically kind of escorted me into George's office, where we just kind of chatted about Anakin and, and the Clone Wars briefly, and um, and that's how it happened. And then, actually, so I'd, I stayed up there at the ranch for, I don't know, two or three days, um, re-recording the lines for like the first, I don't know, four or five episodes, I think. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah so that's new. That, that's a new scoop for us. Do you remember, uh, Matt, anything in particular that 
that sticks out at, uh, to you about what George was saying about Anakin Skywalker and in this time period or? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, first and foremost, I walked in and he you know, goes, Oh, Anakin, you know, have a seat. So that was just awesome. Uh, to have him call me. Yes. Anakin. Right. Anakin 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin squared. Um, or 2.5 probably because, right. You know, but, uh, it was cool. Yeah, he he said, um, you know, that they wanted to take this Anakin in a bit more kind of a like a swashbuckling kind of a way, and they wanted him to have a little more bravado than he'd had in the prequels, and um, kind of just wanted to show him more as that as the 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 you know the pilot that we heard he was and that we didn't see, and just kind of as the warrior, this brave, right. awesome warrior that we heard about, but we never got to see. So I give him some stones, as the Greeks say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Annika, uh, George went and went in there and he told me to give Anakin balls. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> give him balls. Give him balls. The actor uh, who played Anakin in the micro series uh, by Tartakovsky was a guy named Matt. Also, his last name was Lucas, oddly enough, Matt mm. Lucas. Mm. And uh, his voice acting. Any relation? I yeah, know. I don't know. I, I think if there was, we wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah, that's, probably true. That's, that's probably true. But he definitely was a good voice match for for Hayden. And, Absolutely. And so definitely by bringing you in, they're, they're looking for an edge with Anakin. And I think you really did provide that. Yeah, I, I think that they. I remember when we were first. Uh, oh, so by the way, interesting tidbit. Then I, I did the first i don't remember if it was four or five episodes of adr basically so that's where the actor has already done the line so i go in and re-record for those that don't know what it is i record right over top of actually what he's already performed right so it was a bit difficult because i had to essentially i'm married to his performance but, but i had to find my own performance with my own voice in his performance i don't know if i don't know if that's coming across what i'm saying but um no know, absolutely sure absolutely i mean you yeah, had okay. Everything had to be timed. The, you know, the timing yeah, exactly. had to be like his. So you, you were a little bit limited in, in where you took it. Yeah. So the, so the movie, the Clone Wars movie that came out in the theaters, essentially that's all me trying to loop over some of his performance. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of just a little yeah. interesting fact. Yeah, no doubt. Little handcuffed. So. Little handcuffed by someone else's performance. But <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, so then, but Matt, it wasn't until later into the series that you started to get in with and actually be in the studio with the other cast members and kind of start to de- develop that rapport. Yeah, it was. I don't even know. I guess what episode it would have been, but I, I guess I'm assuming it would have been. Yeah, around five, six, or somewhere in there. I probably got in the booth with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And did that help make things uh, start to click for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> you guys all know this group that we had was incredible from from Dave to our writers and our team and our producers to obviously our actors and just everybody was was so great. So to get in the room with with all these collaborative people all, all just wanting to make things, you know, as good as they can possibly be, it was just such a positive atmosphere to to work in and to create and uh so yeah, I mean, absolutely to be in front of you know, guys like Corey and, and Dee and James and bouncing things uh, back and forth between them. And, you know, of course, kind of the banter between um, Ashley and myself uh, absolutely helped once I got in there. And, and I, think that, I think that became more and more apparent. I mean, I, as the series went on, I just think everybody from all, all facets of making that uh, animation got just so much better and 
more experienced and more. Well, it was a true ensemble. I mean, it. Yeah. You know, considering that it was animation, I, I think it was the first time that I ever realized that you could have uh, chemistry amongst voice actors. Yeah. And there was definitely, uh, particularly with you and James and Ashley. I mean, there was just amazing chemistry between the three of you. Thanks. Yeah, they they they, they cast it really really well. And and yeah, you're right. Uh, I I've been. Uh, and currently still am, um, you know, regular on some animation stuff. And I've done some animated movies and things like that. And, and I, usually I'm by myself. So it's pretty rare to to get in there with other actors and, and, and have such a bond with yeah. other actors. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And you really hear that chemistry coming together, especially by the time we get to season six of The Clone Wars, which was yeah. just released this week on disc. And, and you mentioned James and you mentioned Ashley, but... The uh, episodes from season six featuring you and Cat Tabor together. Yeah. Those Rush Clovis episodes. Yeah. Where we really see some very angry Anakin scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all throughout the, the history of this series, we would always pinpoint these little moments when Anakin would really let his emotions flare up and show it in a very obvious way. And we point at it and say, ooh. Look, he's slipping to the dark side there because there's some level of of fan fulfillment that needed to to happen because in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, it seems like Anakin's slide to the dark side is very swift. It almost Mm -hmm. happens so fast you you don't even see it happen. So we like to kind of fill in the blanks and say, well, really, what what made this guy flip out and go to the other side? So we look at these little angry moments and definitely... In that Clovis episode, you see your character, Anakin, completely become unhinged and just beat down his his romantic rival, Rush Clovis, just beat him down to a pulp right there in front of Padme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's just, I'm just laughing because it was awesome. <laughs> but, um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that – that arc, I mean, that that whole thing is really just a showcase of of the dark side coming out, right? I mean, even aside from that moment, there's there's moments where he's talking to Pad to Padme in in private, and he's like being pretty stern with her. You yes. know, he's being he's being kind of a dick with her. Yes. You know, he's he's yeah. like demanding things of her and just basically not hearing anything. I mean, he's kind of already seeing red at that point, simply for the fact that she is involved in a mission with Clovis. It, like, sets him over the edge. So by the time that that physical altercation happens, I mean, that's just him letting loose. Uh, But still in a kind of controlled way. I mean, really, Anakin could just finish him at any moment. You know, but I think he's he's reveling in the fact that he's just, you know, throwing blow after blow and breaking this guy's face, you know? (laughs) With that metal hand of his. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love that little insert where, you know... Pops it and it's it's the metal hand. Yeah, he put the, the, the fist connect and yeah. <laughs> even in, even in these times of you know these this crazy beatdown that he's given him, they find these little moments to throw in there that are kind of fun and <laughs> you know lighthearted in a way. So how did you get up for recording that? Are you alone in the booth at that time? Are you actually swinging punches to kind of make it give it that sound like you're struggling? Oh man, I, we, so the thing about that particular arc is we recorded that. A long time ago. Sure. Uh, we recorded those, I think we recorded those a long time before the rest of the season six stuff. Yeah, because, I believe it was intended for season five. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking. Where was I looking? Was it on? It was on IMDb or something. And I think they were. You know, of course, the the episodes were labeled. You know, one dot fourteen or whatever. And that's season one, episode fourteen. Just and so I think these were labeled like season four or something. Uh, maybe, but maybe intended for five. Yeah. Uh, but we recorded them a, a long, long time ago. Uh, but. Um, yeah, what, what was your question? I totally lost. <laughs> well, when you're doing one of those, when you're doing one of those big combat scenes, oh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 you, know, yeah. Uh, you, you really got to you got to use kind of your imagination big time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got, a lot of grunting. I just picture you in the booth swinging, and Cat Tabor ducking. <laughs> she's she's ducking. I'm throwing things. I'm throwing my script and my pencils around. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're, they're just, they're yelling at me from the other side of the glass wall. <laughs> um, no, it was, you know, obviously you can't get too far off mic. So you really kind of have to keep that in check the, the amount of movement that you can do. But yeah, you, you always gotta, I mean, for me personally, I, Corey Burton's an anomaly. He sits down basically for everything he does, but uh, and you know he gives such a brilliant performance every time. But yeah, for me, I especially with a scene like that, I need to be up and kind of at least give myself a little, a physical, you know, uh, little juke right. or movement at least yeah. to kind of like get that 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 sharp breath of air coming out first. You know, um, yeah. But but it's, you just gotta, I guess you gotta do it within reason because you can't. You do it too much, you're off mic, and then everyone's just annoyed at you. <laughs> yeah, when you had when you had scenes where. You know, you'd start to sort of uh, peel back and and kind of reveal w- kind of what was underneath in Anakin that you know, sort of led him to uh, the dark path that he chose. I mean, did you have to use a lot of restraint, or were you? Did you have a tendency to not play it up, and they would push you for a little bit more? How did you approach scenes like that? Um, I think that you know when we were starting to starting to do that um, a little bit earlier on. You know, we kind of went back and forth about how to, exactly to do things and, you know, how do we show these, at least in, in how I play it as, as a voice actor. And, and um, you know, we, we kind of found that just a little bit of a darker intensity, the quieter intensity came out really great as opposed to just an outburst or something. Um, I think that also, I mean, just in general, I think that that makes a character very strong. When it's a when it's a it's a dark intensity uh, and and not so much of an outburst, um, which is kind of cool and different from you know this arc that we were talking about with this scene where where at times I mean vocally I was just able just to like kind of let loose, um, of course staying within Anakin's deeper realm, but just able to let loose with volume and you know right. when he's yelling at Clovis and he's you know uh, just just slinging this these insults at him. Um, but I think in in general, for the majority of them, we, we stayed in a darker, intense kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Is there a is there a, a place in Anakin Skywalker's, um, I guess we'll say history or in the saga of Anakin Skywalker that you really wish you'd have been able to play? Are there any key moments that you were kind of looking forward to sinking your teeth in? Uh, how do you mean, like uh, beyond what we did on the Clone Wars? Yeah, right, mean- right. Beyond was was there anything in particular that uh, you know you had wished you'd been able to uh, to do in terms of the character? Some things that you wish you could have shown as the series progressed and got closer to the events of Episode yeah. Three. Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I mean strictly speaking, from like a fan standpoint, I mean it's kind of impossible, but it would have been. I would have loved to have 
given a voice to Darth Vader somehow. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it would have been awesome to be able to say that I also voiced Darth Vader as Darth Vader, you know? Right. And not just, not just Anakin, the future Darth Vader. I, it, it would have been really, really cool. Uh, there was that brief kind of- moment, and I like to believe that it was you doing the breathing. There was the moment um, where Anakin was <laughs> having the the vision of his future, and you did for just a split second yeah. uh, see the image of Darth Vader with with. So that wasn't you doing the breathing. I- I'd like to think that was too, but I, <laughs> I don't. I honestly, I I really, I don't can't remember because that was a long time ago but i'm pretty sure that was not it, me I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they took the breathing apparatus sound and just put it probably in. yeah matt just breathe really hard into the microphone <laughs> yeah and it just it would have sounded really stupid i would have been like <laughs> you know <it> just <laughs> so you'd love to have played darth vader yeah it would have been cool it would have been awesome yeah yeah well the um the, the cameo that they had, you got to check it out man because they did the cameo james earl jones playing uh darth vader in uh just a couple mo- minutes in in rebels uh, to sort of open up the the big broadcast on on uh, abc you know what matt there, there's an app for your iphone i don't know if it's still available i got it years ago it's called vader yourself and you talk into this app and it replays what you said in the darth vader voice it, it <laughs> essentially it adds the filters to your voice and puts in the breathing and and makes you darth vader so if when you get off the air with us, if you want to go ahead and download it. And as a matter of fact, you know what? Maybe before this show is over, I can take your voice into the sound lab <laughs> and actually Vader yourself, you. So why don't you give me, let's do a clean take here. Um, think of a, a famous Darth Vader line. Of course, I know what it is. Just, Matt, simply That's say. Most impressive. Impressive, most impressive. Or I was going to say, you know, you could say. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to stick with impressive, most impressive. It's just really easy. It's, it's I, can't, super easy. You can't forget that one. It's three words. It's, it's I'm holding the cue and, cards. And it's, two words. And it's less of a chance to make a fool out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Quiet on the set. All right. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so should I just – should I do it as me or should I try to get a little like – We should tell Vader, him his motivation though. Vader deeper. Should yes, I get, definitely. Uh, we're going for the James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here. that's that's really tough because. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna record this and I'm gonna put it through the 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 Vader Yourself app. So by the end of the show, I'll have it ready and I'll play it for our listening audience. Uh, perfect. All right. All right. Do you, are you yelling action? How do we do this? Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's oh, right. Yeah. I guess we should direct it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, we should. I mean, yeah. Does it yell action? Yeah, we got a professional <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah, I just thought you know let, let's if we're gonna if we're gonna play let's play. So. All right, it's my idea. We look like all right. Do it, Jim. <laughs> all right, quiet on the set. <laughs> quiet. Okay, here we go. Yes. Matt Lanter as Darth Vader. Take one action. Impressive, most impressive. Cut. Wow. See, that's you, done. You, I don't you, even think we need any effects on that. No, yeah, I don't think need to no. take two or what? No, no, Mr. no. Director, that was need? it. That was it. That was fabuloso. Would uh, you yeah. feel my mom's death in that? I could. <laughs> <laughs> there was something definitely dead about it. Um, yeah, yep, yep, I think so. <laughs> but so we're going to process that, and we'll have that ready by the end of the show. So our listening audience will hear it, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you a copy of the file for your, uh, for your demo reel, probably. It'd be great. And, and maybe I'll just download this app, and I'll just record my own episodes. There you go. Just for myself. <laughs> 
That would be amazing. <laughs> so uh, excellent. That I'll, was that was very. I'll try good. to. I'll try to. I'll burn them on CDs and try to like pawn them off at the next celebration. Yeah, know, yeah. For like five <laughs> bucks a piece. You'll be off at a card table in the corner there. <laughs> yeah. Unshaven. Okay. You know. You have like stains on your shirt. Hey, I used to be Anakin. Remember me? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a sign and just in magic marker and say, you know, I, I was Anakin. I promise. And, Peddling my CDs. It's like a, it's like you're like Shia LaBeouf now. <laughs> all of a sudden, oh, that guy, that poor guy. <laughs> so, Matt, oh. you know what? I I hope that you you are still making your presence known at the conventions because we've had a lot of fun with you in the past at things like Star Wars Celebration and whatnot. Yeah, it's been great. I I love going to that stuff. Uh, I, I hope they invite me back. Um, yeah, because I, I love it. I love going down there and. And, uh, I mean, partly I'm just a fan of that genre. I'm obviously a fan of Star Wars itself. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's so much fun just to go down there and, and kind of, um, I don't know, immerse yourself in, in the Star Wars world, just everything around you. It's so much fun. But, uh, yeah, so I, I hope they keep inviting me back down there. I love doing the Disney stuff, too. It's, it's, it's great down there. Have you guys been down for Star Wars weekends? I can't you know, remember. I actually went for the first time this past summer. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And, and Wait, did I see you there? I don't remember. No, Matt. I was I was there the second week when uh, oh, Tia okay. Sirkar was there. And uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it down for you. I think you guys were there the, the final week. But me and Jason are talking about making a trip down there next year. So oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be it's a lot so of much fun. It's yeah. so much fun. You know the. The Disney magic stuff. You know the whole magical Disney stuff mixed with Star Wars is. Is awesome. Oh, does it get any better? The happiest yeah. place on earth? Yeah. Galaxy far, far away? Well, wait, no, no. The happiest place on earth is Disneyland. Disney World is, right? Is it is Disney it? World? Don't they call Disney World something different? Oh, my gosh. Um, a small world after all? The magic. No, 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 no. It's like, it's, it's like Disney World is the most magical place on earth, and then Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. It's something, there's something. Yeah. You can't yeah. you can't mix magic and happy. There's no way. Right. It's yeah. like oil yeah, and water. <laughs> different coasts for different folks. Yeah, uh, hey, you know, one of my favorite Matt Lanter stories, as long as we're talking about going to celebration and everything, was I remember one time we were in Orlando. Jason, you and me, we had just arrived. And we were hanging out in the hotel, and we were eating pizza, and Matt came. He had just arrived himself. And, Matt, you came, and you sat with us, and we hung out. We are you know, yeah. talking, and, and, and you know, we went our separate ways for the evening. The next morning, we saw you again. And I think the first thing me and Jason said to each other was, Matt's wearing the same stuff he was wearing the night before. <laughs> He's got the same clothes on. What happened? And, and, and there's a story there behind that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is a story. Uh, I evidently chose to bring a suitcase, which was identical to uh, one of the female fans. Um, and so um, she grabbed my suitcase and I grabbed her. So my suitcase was full of bras. Oh, man, it was a Hello Kitty suitcase, for God's sake. I mean, what do you expect? Like I said, we had identical suitcases. <laughs> so you get to your room after you're hanging out, slobbering over pizza with us, and you get up to your room and you open up the bag and it's filled with bras. 
Bras and panties, yeah. No. Nothing else. I'm not sure what room she was going to. But. <laughs> and, and, and it was a she, right? Thank God it for that. A, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a she. It was a she. Now, I think, um, Technically. you know, at some of the other conventions, it would be maybe more likely to be he, but it, it was a she. <laughs> Celebration is, is, is very family-friendly. But yeah, that's right. so funny. So where did the switcheroo happen? At the airport, at the hotel? And what's even well, funnier is it's a Star Wars fan who was going to the event. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was a Star Wars fan. Um, I, I don't even remember how it is that, that we I got in touch with her. But uh, I think I ended up calling her husband back in Michigan or wherever she was from. And, <laughs> I'm in Florida. I got your wife's bras, sir. Yeah. Can you please? <laughs> and he passed the message to her somehow and we got connected and, and it was just kind of like a, a late night, like, a, like a drug deal is what it was. It was like a late night <laughs> exchange of suitcases. Uh, you know, she probably stuff. thought she won some contest. Like I, Jeez, I got Anakin Skywalker's suitcase. I've got his boxer shorts. I've got his T-shirts and his under things. I don't remember if I even told her if I was Anakin or not because uh, I didn't want to be on oh, yeah, and right. have her like stand up and say, you know, ask a question. So how, how, how did my bra fit? Like something. Said <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried it on. Yeah, well, <laughs> different structure, so different folks. But of course, yeah. you know, whenever you do make public appearances, obviously, you, you get showered with things like bras and well, you're like the Tom Jones of Star Wars conventions. Well, I, you know, I, I that's cool that you think that, but <laughs> I've never, I've never had you know bras or panties thrown at me before. Well, so. you know what though, but, but see, you are, you know, carrying on that that long tradition of Star Wars actors who cross over from Star Wars fandom to the, the teeny bopper magazines, you know, people like yeah. Mark Hamill, you and McGregor and, and, and you met, you know, I remember one time I was in the supermarket and I was waiting for the, uh, the checkout and I, I, I look and I see this, I don't know, some teeny bopper magazine and there was a little blurb on the front cover. It says, OMG, Matt Lanter loves the environment. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? What? So I grabbed it and I flipped through it and I find, I see your picture there and I look at the little blurb and it's like, yeah, I usually turn off the lights when I leave a room. <laughs> you know, it's OMG. He turns off the lights. We love him. I think I specifically remember making that quote. And, and I, I, I remember it was like an interview where I felt like they were pushing for, they, were, they wanted basically for me to say that I, go to the rainforest and plant trees on my own or something. And that's what they were like trying to get that out of me. And, and like, listen, I, I obviously I, I care for our environment and I, and I obviously try to, you know, do things that, that I, that I can day to day to, to help out our footprint on earth. But uh, they, I just felt like they were like not having it. So I was like, yeah, I, I turn out the lights when I leave a room. I, you know, it's, it's like, and that ends up, you know, being the, thing quoted I don't, <laughs> you're uh, an environmental oh. warrior turning I, off those yeah <laughs> yeah i mean oh omg omg <laughs> omg he turns the lights off in a room yeah. so man before we let you go i just was wondering if you've been following any of the episode seven news and what do you think of the title for episode seven the force awakens i think it sounds cool um it's a little odd though right like i when i first heard it i, I kind of thought to myself that seems like something that would have that would have came like in a, where the a new hope is, right? 
you know, after after all these the empire is taken over and then a new hope comes like I would almost think that's where the force is awakened. And I don't know. I don't know. I, it <laughs> sounds cool to me. I mean, my theory is that maybe, uh, um, maybe the Jedi kind of go into a, a, a docile form and there's not many around. And so it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, and that's then, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the, that the galaxy turns its back, uh, once again on the force and um, yeah, it goes into sort of a, a dormancy. Well, I think uh, so, you you're, know, you're thinking that, that people actually align now more with the dark side again. Well, no, I don't think there's even any knowledge of dark side, light side or any okay. knowledge of the force. And I think that the force was definitely asleep, for lack of a better term, during the time of the original trilogy. Remember Han Solo says, kid. I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other, and I've never seen anything that makes me believe that there's something controlling everything. And he was talking about the Force. And so, you know, Han Solo's a guy who'd been around during that time, so he hadn't seen any evidence of the Force. Perhaps the Force force Awakening is actually, you know, something that comes at the end of this long period of downtime and and has to come back into, into play. So... Yeah, that that was kind of what I was thinking. That you know, maybe or you know, with the successes of Luke, that that it just kind of things are okay, and so because of that, it, things calm down, and everyone just kind of forgets about the Jedi. There's really not a big need for them anymore, and and then you know, I don't know, something the dark side flares back and and uh, kind of wa- awakens the Force, almost like yeah. you know, in, into a lion's den, and maybe you know they need to fight back now, and so it's like the Jedi are back. That, that's essentially what the title should be uh, in a way less cool. The Jedi are back. Yeah, yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars Episode 7. The Jedi are back, Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's going on? You're Aquaman now? What, you're, what's, what's happening with yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I did Aquaman. Uh, Warner Brothers has a, a home line of uh, Justice League DVDs that do really, really well for them. And they do about two to three a year. And uh, yeah, they were doing uh, Aquaman origin story. Uh, to bring Aquaman back and make him cool again, and they approached me about doing Aquaman, so I, you know, said, "Yeah, absolutely, I'd love to, love to voice Aquaman." So, um, yeah, we we recorded that this past year, and just went to New York Comic Con and, and did a little press for that. Um, got to see, actually, saw the film. It's it's fun. It's 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 a blast. Oh, I that think- stuff that that direct, um, you know, direct to home video doesn't isn't what it used to be. I mean, there's some amazing stuff, particularly from the the guys over there at Warner with the with the DC licensed, really good stuff. Stuff you'd be proud of. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think that that they've found that the 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 home line uh, of entertainment can do really, really, really well for the company, and fans love it. Well, you know I what, mean, Matt? I, it, it's all going to be home video before too long. Well, right. with the Yeah, yeah. With uh, I mean, gosh, look at all these new platforms. I was talking about this with, the, uh, with a buddy today, and we were talking about all the new platforms for creators. You know, that we've got not only our traditional networks, but now, of course, our paid uh, cable, our HBOs and Showtimes, but now we've got the, I guess, I don't know what you'd even call it, extra cable channels like the FX and the AMC and... Uh, and not only that, but you've got your Netflix, and now you've got Amazon coming up, and now you've got Yahoo trying to make uh, original programming. I mean, it's really a bright time for creators. It's really cool. But yeah, you're right. It's I mean, everything is is going over internet and downloads and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, they have been able to capitalize on 
on that. And um, they're bringing Aquaman back into the Justice League, and and hopefully they'll want me back to play him in uh, subsequent films. That you would be didn't fun. even have to wear green tights. I didn't, but I well, I did, but that was <laughs> well, you didn't have to. We'll I didn't have that. to have to. Be good. Yeah, the key, the key thing. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Um, and uh, how's the wife? She's still the wife, so that's good. That is- <laughs> yeah, you know, I, did you hear me hesitate? I was like, so how, uh, well, well, here, here goes. Oh, no. It's a very, very uh, sensitive topic for us men, right? It okay. is. Well, it know, is. Uh, the wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, well, you're not a newlywed anymore. It's been a couple years. Yeah, yeah. It's well, we got married uh, of June of thirteen. So um, yeah, about a year, year and a half or so. Yeah. I don't know. Do you still consider that a newlywed? She does. Oh well, you know what? It, it, you're always newlywed in the eyes of the of the of the misses. You never stop working for that. Yeah, it's all it's all a state of a state of mind, a state of love. <laughs> you could be newlywed six years in. I mean, I, that's what we strive for, right? Yeah, to, of course. To be newlywed, you know, even twenty years down the road. But uh, right. yeah, she's good, man. She, we, um, I, I shot Starcrossed uh, after nine hundred two and zero. We moved to New Orleans um, for about five or six months, and. Uh, my wife was a fraud investigator with Allstate, and when I got that job, we had just been married, and I, we literally got married, went on our honeymoon, came back, and um, maybe I've told the story. I don't know. I've seen you guys since then, but uh, came back, and then uh, essentially, like a week later, we both moved to New Orleans. So I, I wanted her to be with me because we were just married. <laughs> yeah, right. So yep. uh, she quit her job as a fraud investigator, and oh. now she's a fashion and beauty blogger. So oh, oh wow. yeah, quite quite different, but. Um, we both have fun with it because she does YouTube videos, you know, makeup tutorials and things like that. And uh, where do we find her stuff? What do, well, how her, do we look her, her up? Yeah, her website is angelalanter.com. dot com. Uh huh. And so you can you can see her and her YouTube channel is also Angela Lanter. Uh, but of course, her YouTube is all embedded in the website. So if you just go to angelalanter.com, dot com, you see the the fashion blog and the videos and all that kind of stuff. And but, does she put you in them, or are you behind the camera? I have been in one or two of her videos, but mostly I'm behind the camera and I do all of her photography and all of her wow. video and editing. And it's kind of a fun way for us to work together. And, and I, I dabble in photography and stuff. So it's a fun way for me to be creative with uh, my photography equipment and things like that. And I, I really enjoy it. So, um, awesome. yeah, it's been really fun for us. And uh, I mean, I really had no idea before she got into this, but that whole that whole YouTube and blogging arena, I mean, that's a career. You can yeah. make oh, a yes. career out of that stuff. No doubt. Uh, so, yeah, it's really cool. We're having fun, and, uh, and that's where it's at. So she never had that opportunity to say when she was investigating frauds at the insurance, like, uh, you better come clean or my husband is going to come and whack you with a lightsaber because he's Dark Lord of the Sith, and that's uh, what he does. She, I don't know if she ever used that. <laughs> or not, but, but now it's more just investigating my fraud. So, <laughs> well, good. She so she's still investigating fraud in, in a way. <laughs> she can apply that practical experience in a in a way that'll benefit her for years to come. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, now, now, Matt, you're also um, and the, the name of the character escapes me. My daughter's asleep. She'd be able to tell me um, a, a, a a character in the Tinkerbell franchise. Yeah, they had that character. His name was Sled, and um, they had that character in one of their movies. It was called. Um, that was in the Secret of the Wings. See, Secret I know the these wings. things absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Secret of the Wings. So, yeah, he's a character. I I hope they bring him back because that's a blast for us to do. I mean, we did the premiere for that up in New York, and man, they go all out for those 
those Disney premieres too. I mean, we're talking about this home line of DVDs. I, those do really, really well for them. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's that's a that's a religious event when one of those movies comes out in my house. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you got to go get it. But you know what's really cool, Jim? I don't know if you know this. But Matt was in that with uh, with Timothy Dalton. Wow, James Bond, 007. I yeah. was, I was. I actually got to do uh, an interview with him. We we did interviews together, and I thought that was so awesome. And it's actually interesting that you you say the Bond stuff um, because I know you guys do the Bond podcast, and you actually got me watching a lot of the older Bonds. So I actually nice. started watching them in order. Uh, I think I got to. Um, uh, her, on Her Majesty's Secret. <laughs> is, that the, is, that, is that the title? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, know I, I knew you were going to say, I got to about there and then I stopped. No, no, I, no, no. <laughs> and it, no, no, no. It, it is not, it's not that I saw it and I stopped. I actually haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay. uh, I do know that that was a bit of an offshoot in a way. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, what I was going to say is it's interesting <laughs> with the whole Bond and how you brought that up because I, I felt like there was a lot of like Bond uh, – um, elements to the uh the episode where embo was was chasing them mm-hmm. and de- you know oh yeah skiing, absolutely skiing down the down the slope the snowy snow uh God, i'm tongue-tied here the <laughs> snowy slopes and uh you know just throwing the hat down and surfing that down and it just it reminded me of a very kind of bond-esque type moment absolutely absolutely it yeah. did it, it definitely yeah. played out like that and if you watch on her Majesty's secret service you'll see that there's plenty of action on the snowy slopes Is it? okay <laughs> yeah, All right. yeah. so you should watch it because we did release the uh two-parter review of that uh just recently so you you, okay. you have not fallen behind yet with bond Good. yeah perfect perfect yeah i uh I'll have to. I, I I really enjoy it, and I I love listening to you guys talk about it. And you know, same with this kind of stuff. I, you well, Matt, you gotta well, you gotta catch up and get one movie ahead so you can come on Bondcast with us. Oh, that'd be and cool. chat it up. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, I really would. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. That would just be wait fun. till you see Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> what, what, what's your favorite? Uh, Do you have my, a favorite? Oh gosh, it's it's really tough. Um, I think if I had to pick a favorite. It would probably be Goldfinger. I mean, all-time yeah. favorite. You know, it's it's rough because I love the new stuff so much. I love love uh, uh, Daniel Craig, and I thought Skyfall just uh, in so many ways was sort of just uh, sort of a, a new it established a new standard. But yeah, it, but Sean Connery, you know, for me will always Classic. be yeah. yeah yeah. I prefer Sean. He's uh, you know I have. I, I just feel nostalgic watching him do it because I think he captured the role so well and gave it such gravitas. And I do love the way they put the films together now. I, I think, yes, Guy Fall and Casino Royale are great examples of modern Bond. But really, I, I, the first two, Dr. No and From Russia With Love, just mm-hmm. capture the, the whole allure of Bond to me in such a perfect little nutshell. Yeah, I mean, Sean Connery, you know, not to stray too far here from Star Wars, but he, he's, he's so debonair as well as just being the man, you know. He's the uh, man, absolutely. I, you know, I, I Jason, I, I like uh, Daniel Craig as well. I, I know a lot of people that don't, that they don't, they don't like Daniel Craig. Yeah, I don't well. know what's wrong with him. I don't know what's I don't wrong know. with him. I dig him too. I like it too. Yeah, I just, I mean, it all started for me in Casino Royale when he just burst through that wall. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just get it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get her done. Yeah. 
James Bond. I don't, I don't know. I like him. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Matt, this has been so much fun, man. I I, I really really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, uh, touch base with us and uh, let folks know what you're doing and and where you are. And and I mean it when I say that uh, not just for folks we talk to, but for me personally, you're always going to be Anakin Skywalker for me. When I think Anakin Skywalker, you're the guy that made that character feel like the character we always dreamed he would be. Oh, and thanks. Well, that was definitely a goal of ours, and it's, that's awesome to, to hear that you know, people kind of feel that way. So uh, I hope that we were able to add that extra you know, um, weight to well, you know, the and, story. So. And Netflix is the new syndication. And yeah. this show is in syndication in a big, big way. And I know people in, in my own just personal day-to-day life, not just through the podcast, I know people who have discovered this show for the first time because it's on Netflix. It's, it's, oh, certainly. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, that was really – that was cool news to know that we were going to Netflix because uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, there's just so much – uh, going on the Netflix, and I feel like it's gaining steam. I know, I, I know. There's a lot of stuff about like the Netflix uh, losing money in the quarter and all the economic stuff of it. But I don't know. In my opinion, I, I feel like even just more and more people are getting on Netflix and talking about Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a great spot for the Clone Wars to be. Oh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. So um, the wife, she's at AngelaLanter.com. And Matt, if uh, if your, your fans out there, where's the best place for them to kind of keep up with what's what's going with you? Are, are you on? You're still on social media, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, really. Just yeah, really. My social media. It's uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. It's just at Matt Lanter, and um, yeah, and, and you can you can find my Facebook and all that through through all that stuff too. I mean, they're pretty much all connected, but. My, I've got my phone, and that's how I tweet, and that's how I Instagram, and it's me. So, yeah, that's probably the best way. Well, awesome. Matt, it's just been great catching up with you. All of our listeners can see Matt Lanter. I, sorry, hear Matt Lanter on Star Wars: The Clone Wars season six. It's out on disc now. Be sure to give our best to Angela and and Matt. Remember, please, please turn the lights off when you leave the room. <laughs> I, I wait. Hey, wait, wait. Are we? Did we? Are you doing the Vader? Oh, you know what? We, I'm going to need more time because okay. I can't stop the recording and then bring it back. Okay. You know, I, I see what you're, you, so what you're you saying. So you hear the show. You need more time to uh, to process that because it was so terrible. It's kind of what, <laughs> what you're thinking at, right? Listen, I'll make sure you'll hear it. I'll, I'll make sure you'll hear it right. when it's ready. <laughs> All right. It's fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, anytime. You're always welcome, dude. All right. Thanks. All right. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Slovis, no. Get away from her. No. Why don't you try fighting like a man without your Jedi tricks? Oh, it would be my pleasure. I see you for what you truly are. You're a serpent, a traitor. Jason, that was really interesting. He gave us a little insight into the production history of Star Wars The Clone Wars. I had no idea that Matt was, for lack of better terms, a second choice, that they recast the role after production had begun. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it it makes sense when you think about um, uh, James Arnold Taylor leaping from the Gendy series and uh, they brought Matt Lucas over and he really was a dead 
vocal ringer for Hayden's Anakin. Uh, and I, but you know what? Thank goodness, truly. No disrespect to, to, to Matt Lucas, but thank goodness that Wiser Heads prevailed and they went and found the other Matt because that really, uh, I think, is one of the reasons why the show uh, was so much fun to watch each and every week because this was really the Anakin Skywalker, the heroic Anakin Skywalker that we always thought about as kids. Yeah, and, you know, I really enjoyed that story he told about meeting with George for the first time and getting called into the office and, you know, having George refer to him as Anakin. Anakin, yeah. shut up. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, I just thought of a funny story. Um, I remember long ago, gosh, this is probably first season of The Clone Wars, so going back to 2008, you had uh, made arrangements to meet Matt somewhere, I believe at a relative's house, to sit down and record a conversation with him. And he, and he had called you, and you had uh, the Bluetooth in your car, so your, your cell phone was going through your car stereo, and you said when you picked it up and said hello, he said, Jason, it's Anakin. And you said it kind of had a tinny sort of comlink sound to it and really sort of put you into that universe while you were driving. Oh, my God. I mean, I had uh, I was just coming off of having seen the movie you yeah. know, in the theater. And uh, I don't I don't believe that the series had actually started up at that point. And uh, so, yeah, it was so fresh. That voice was so fresh in my mind. And it was, uh, oh, it was a blast. I mean, he was so gracious. And uh, he's, a, he's an Ohio guy. So he grew up in, um, well, he was born and uh, spent some time of his, his childhood in Masson, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes away from me. And uh, so, yeah, he was visiting for the, the summer. He was, um, and uh, I think it was his aunt's house. And so I got to go over there. And that was the first time I ever met him. So hey, who knows? You know, he could have thought I was some creep. Maybe he still does. <laughs> well, but at any rate, he invited no. me over to the house. And uh, no, it was just, I'll never forget that. That was one of those amazing moments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jason, this is Anakin. Yeah, that would be cool. It really was. <laughs> yeah, it was over the, over the Bluetooth. Yeah, that voice. And it, uh, yeah, just unmistakable Anakin Skywalker. So Matt Lancer, he's a good one. This is Matt Lancer, voice of Anakin Skywalker on Star Wars The Clone Wars. You're listening to Rebel Force Radio, your source for the Force. Well, hey, before we get uh, too much further in the show, we want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this week, one of our sponsors this week, Little Debbie Snack Cakes. And, uh, Jim, we're going to give some stuff away again. Of course we are, because we love Little Debbie so much, and Little Debbie loves Star Wars and Star Wars fans. That's why they use us here each and every week at Rebel Force Radio to give back to the Star Wars fan community in the form of Little Debbie Galactic Snack Packs. Little Debbie Galactic Snack Packs are these awesome big boxes that show up on your porch step, and they are filled with amazing Little Debbie snacks, like Cosmic Cupcakes, which is number one for Star Wars fans when it comes to good, old-fashioned, great-tasting Snacks to enjoy while you're watching shows like Star Wars Rebels or popping in your Blu-ray of the Star Wars saga or listening to us here at Rebel Force Radio. So each and every week they give us these galactic snack packs to ship to loyal Rebel Force Radio listeners who spread the word on social media about Little Debbie Snack Cakes. And here's a great one on the Twitter from at NateJF who says, Rebel Force Radio, if there's a bright center to the universe, 
I'm in the grocery store that's farthest from. There's no cosmic cupcakes here. This broke my heart, Jason. This broke my heart. This young Sad. man. This young man. What grocery is, store is this? I, I don't know where Nate is. He's, he said, you know, he's on Tatooine, uh, I, I think. And, and, <laughs> and that, I mean, really, they don't have Little Debbie on Tatooine. Mm. All right. I, I'm, I, they're everywhere. Well, the huts have them all. So no Little Debbie on Tatooine, and that's where Nate apparently is living. So we want to pay him back for his loyalty to us here at Rebel Force Radio and Little Debbie by spreading the word on Twitter. So we're going to send Nate Galactic Snack Pack. Dude, it's coming in your direction. That's all you have to do. Just spread the word about Little Debbie and Rebel Force Radio on Twitter or Facebook. Go to the official Little Debbie Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Little Debbie and tell them you heard about them here on Rebel Force Radio. We're looking at all this stuff, and that's all you have to do to enter to win, to be eligible for that Galactic Snack Pack. Do it now, just like our friend Nate did, and you will become a winner, a Little Debbie winner here at Rebel Force Radio. Little Debbie, of course, the official snack of Rebel Force Radio. It's unthinkable. Oh, let me tell you, those costume characters, they're always up to something. They're on Hollywood Boulevard. I don't know if you saw this story, but this was actually caught on video. A brawl erupted on Hollywood Boulevard, but thankfully, Chewbacca and his pal Freddy Krueger were there to break it up. So everything... Worked out really well. <laughs> this story, um, this, so uh, you know, you got and, and you have this in Times Square too. But it's, it's. I think it really got its start in in Hollywood, where you got these guys. They're like buskers. They're like performance artists, and they dress up as costumed characters. They always look a little shady. They're not quite as clean as uh, you know the ones that you would see at an amusement park or what have you. Right. The Spider Man costumes a little baggier. And- <laughs> Certain places that's really not that flattering. He might the- be wearing a fanny pack. Often with the fanny pack, yes, definitely, definitely. Never maintaining the standards of the fine folks of the 501st who do it all out of passion and love and charity. No, these guys, like you said, they're out there in front of the, the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard hustling for pocket change. Take your picture with Spider-Man with the baggy swamp ass costume and you will have to you know you obviously have to tip them and i think a lot of times these guys will let you know straight up take a photo with me we expect tips in return right so um just like anybody else who's working streets they get territorial about their corners that's right that's right and apparently um mr incredible uh, did something, or I should say Batgirl did yeah. something to tick off Mr. Incredible. So the two go at it, and this is all caught on video. Right. And uh, to save the day, in comes Chewbacca yes. and Freddy Krueger and apparently Waldo. Um, where from where's Waldo? Though in the photo, I can't find him. No, you can't so, find No, I just... I- <laughs> you have to stare at that thing for a good 20 minutes, and then maybe you'll see him. Well, he and he and Freddie are both wearing the striped sweaters, so well, they do that to throw you off. Right. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, so th- this happened in Hollywood a, a few weeks ago, and and it's it's interesting to hear us talk about it 
but I found this great piece of audio from KTLA Channel 5 in Los Angeles. This is uh, a news report, KTLA News. Uh, Chewbacca breaking up the fight there. <laughs> and uh, here's something I just want you to listen to. This, is, this might be a commentary on the way media presents itself in the year 2014. But listen to the correspondent at the beginning of the report and listen how the report like gradually evolves to the end. And there's, there's something about the tone of the report that, that shifts dramatically hmm. as you listen. Pay close attention. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Glenn. Good afternoon. You know, shame on Mr. Incredible, right? Well, I guess when you look at the video at first, it's funny, but when you talk to the tourists and some of the other characters out here, they say it's really embarrassing and sad that this happened out here and that a woman was assaulted in the process. Take a look at the video. Get this fight. You know, at first it looks like a stage battle, but this is a real-life fight between Mr. Incredible and Catgirl. You even see Chewbacca and Freddy Krueger stepping in to break it up. This all happened Monday outside the Chinese theater, and at one point the characters get separated, but then Mr. Incredible apparently goes back for another round, and you can see from the video basically body-slamming uh, Batgirl or Catgirl to the ground. She's apparently okay, but the people we talk to out here who make a living on the Walk of Fame are pretty upset about what happened, including Chewbacca, who stepped in to break up that fight. Oh. Were you upset about it? Oh. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, it took me <laughs> It took me a second to realize what was happening there. I thought this poor man was reacting. To <laughs> well, how was it? Uh, no. <laughs> that, was, that was that was that was his chewy. That was his chewy impression. That was it. That was all they got from him. There was no gurgle in that. It was just kind of a moan. Oh. Were you upset about it? Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. Uh, unbelievable. Um, so apparently the, we're not allowed to laugh at this. No, because at the beginning of the report, she told us at first the the video seems funny, but then you have to realize that it offended a lot of tourists including small children, yeah. and a, a woman was thrown to the ground. A, a, a woman was, was beaten in this, this way. Now, they said she was okay. Okay, She did take a serious body slam. I've seen the video several times. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, it's still an act of aggressive violence yes, happening in a public spot, in fr- you know, in front of tourists and families and, and who knows who. So, um... So, you know, they open the segment with that and end with an interview, an exclusive interview with the guy who plays Chewbacca in front of the Chinese theater. One of the heroes in all this. And the guy, the witness who refuses to break character. <laughs> oh. Were you upset about it? Oh. Oh. So that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a direct reflection of the way media is presented to you in the year 2014. Is it a serious story? Or are we going to interview Chewbacca and make sure he stays in character? Oh! (laughs) 
what passes for news in Hollywood. Well, yeah, the, first, you know, she's she's kind of, you know, browbeating us to not laugh at this, and then they then they put on Chewy. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Laughing for a whole different reason. I'm not laughing because some you know poor woman was was uh, assaulted here. But, yes, I mean the whole thing's ridiculous. Right. The whole thing is ridiculous, and this is not the first time that these um, these folks have been caught on tape being, you know, not so cool and certainly not so representative of the characters that they play. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and and you see it it, it happens often. You're right, Jason. I, I've. I remember one time, you know, we were doing a 501st thing um, in Hollywood a few years ago at the Egyptian Theater for the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. And we had a great crew of 501st representatives out there, stormtroopers, you name it. And uh, sure enough, some of these uh, scrap heap troopers, you know, the, the, the hucksters saw what was happening and, and tried to get involved in it. And uh, they were sent on their way. You know, um, let's just say that way. They were sent on. We claimed that corner and we claimed it in the name of passion and integrity of the franchise and the Star Wars saga in general. But, uh, you know, it, it is a shame because, you know, these kids get starry eyed when they see some of their film heroes in person. And then, you know, to see them get into a fight like that over territory. Yeah. That's uh, that they should maybe step up some law enforcement in that area a little bit because it may be a time honored tradition, but I don't think there's much honor in the tradition. No, certainly not. And, you know, these are obviously these are people that. uh, Well, I won't say it, but I agree with you. In fact, I think they ought to just go ahead and get the. intellectual property police out there and exactly. say, you know what? You don't have the license to uh, portray yourself as character XYZ. You're not at a Halloween party. You're clearly trying to profit off of someone else's IP. So uh, you're out. Mm-hmm. You're out. My goodness. Come up with your own character. With all, the, with all the showbiz lawyers out in Hollywood, I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. I, I am too. But yeah, you're right. Super well, Spider-Man's always a little baggy and bulgy. And <laughs> What's up with that? I don't know. What, what is up <laughs> with that? It's hard to get a good Spider-Man costume these days. Uh, but uh, anyway, and, and please, no emails. We are not condoning violence against women or anyone for that matter. But you can't help but uh, hear this and, uh, and chuckle a little bit. It's pretty good stuff, folks. Writes itself. Oh. Were you upset about it? Oh. Oh. It's unthinkable. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody! <laughs> Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, better known to a lot of fans of genre entertainment as Harry Potter, apparently crashed the Star Wars rap party, the Force Awakens party, we should call it that. Uh, And he recounted this story on uh, Conan. Was it Conan on TBS, Jim? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Conan O'Brien now doing late nights over at TBS. And he had Daniel Radcliffe on his show earlier this week. I don't know what's Daniel out there promoting these days. He must be. He's a- got that movie where he has the horns. 
Have you seen this? The movie with the horns. No, sir. Yeah, he, he's got a movie where he plays a character that has uh, uh, horns like uh, like a minotaur or something. Okay. Truly. All right. Trading in the... I think uh, the movie's called Horns. The movie itself is called Horns. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it here on IMDb. He plays a character named Ig. I-G. So, uh, <laughs> Horns, coming soon to a theater <laughs> near you. Actually, it has a 2013 date on it. I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe it's coming out on DVD. Maybe. Uh, but he's always doing something. This, I, I like this guy. I, I, what I like about him is that he's not resting on his laurels. He's not just you know kicking back and cashing those Harry Potter royalty checks. Right. He's, uh, he's out there, and he's, um, he has fun you know, being who he is. Uh, he was absolutely hilarious in the uh, Ricky Gervais. Did a cameo on uh, Ricky Gervais' series Extras. By the way, that's streaming on Amazon Prime along with Life's Too Short. So if you haven't seen Warwick Davis in uh, Ricky Gervais' uh, TV series um, that he did for HBO, Life's Too Short. It, dude, I'm on like the third or fourth episode and it's so funny. I am loved. Did you watch it when it was on? No, no, no. So it's, I, 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 yeah, I Amazon Prime. It. Yeah. Um, it's streaming for free on there. So if you're a member, yeah. uh, so good, so good. There's <laughs> second, second. <laughs> he gets hired to uh, to uh, be at this uh, Star Wars themed wedding. Oh, I heard and about this. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, it's I, it's just it's it's fantastic. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, Daniel Radcliffe on Conan. We got some uh, we got some clips of uh, of Daniel talking to Conan about. Showing up at the uh, at Pinewood Studios for the for the big rap party. You crashed the set of the Star Wars Episode Seven yes. uh, film, which J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, and so many of those iconic cast members are shooting, and they're shooting it in London. Yeah, they're shooting it um, at Pinewood, which is a studio we shot not all, but a fair bit of Potter stuff in. Um, and I know almost the entire crew from Potter has transferred to Star Wars and are now kind of getting ready for like another. 10 years sort of somewhere um, and or however long it's going to be, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was amazing. I'm actually a very recent um, Star Wars fan. I, I actually only watched the films, the original films for the first time this year. What? Um, yeah, I know You're that kidding. amazes That's, That blows, I mean, uh, no, that it, blows my mind. It's crazy. And, it, and I think it's my parents were never into it. So it never sort of got passed on. Um, and then, you know, you're a teenager and everyone's telling you to watch something. So you're like, I'm not going to watch what you're telling me to watch. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, I, I finally came around to them this year and they are amazing. And I, it's fascinating to me because Originally, I imagine what made them so successful and popular was because people had never seen effects like that and things like that. Sure. But what makes it stand up is how, like, the storytelling and storytelling the characters. Is fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's, they're pretty movies. I'm like a new Star Wars fan, which is very weird to be. <laughs> I like him even more now. He needs to listen to Rebel Force Radio. We'll help get him caught up. That's right. Wow, that's very cool. Well, you know, I mean, he's uh, being part of the, the, the Harry Potter franchise. He's very aware of uh, the power of podcasting is that there were a couple of big Harry Potter podcasts uh, blazing the trail uh, back in the day. So who knows? May- he could be listening right now. He could be. Give he us a call. Be. Daniel Radcliffe. Call us now. Leave us a voicemail. You might just hear yourself on Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey you know what I like? Something? You know what I like about him, though, is that he went to visit Pinewood, where he worked all those years as a kid shooting Harry Potter films. So, you know, Daniel knows that place like the back of his hand. He knows every little nook and cranny of that studio. 
And uh, so it was probably, you know, a real big thrill for him to go back then and see Star Wars being shot. So he was at the actual set. Was he also at the rap party? Well, that's that was the story. That was the story I had heard uh, was that he was at the rap party. But maybe, you know, wires were crossed there and it was actually him getting on the set. Um, so I don't know if they, was, they were there when he was filming. I, I think well, let's listen to some more and he'll perhaps tell us. Oh, uh, what was actually happening while he was there? Did you tell? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that J.J. Abrams was there and he was excited. Who, who was there? Who did you talk to? Um, well, I met. I did. I did. Uh, I had a conversation with with Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. which was really really cool. Yeah. Um, it may have been on the Millennium Falcon, which was also what? really cool. You were on the Millennium. So well, I think we know that. I think we, that's, 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 what, that's why I feel safe saying that because I feel because you can't he, tell us. Anything I can tell else. you nothing. Right. Like nothing. Right. Um, and also because I don't really know anything. I was just going around going, oh, this is. Fantastic, but I think that it's. I think that spaceship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so cool, and it really is. And but what was even cooler about it was, and I did admit to JJ Abrams and Harrison Ford that I'd only recently seen them. And JJ Abrams looked at me for a second, like I had grown another head and and harris but then harrison ford sort of saved me by saying that he um he he has i think it was saying one of his daughters maybe might not have seen them or something like that which made me feel a lot better in that moment because i was pretty i i said i said it like a really jokey i've only seen them recently and immediately sort of thought that might have gone wrong (laughs) 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 all right jim i need to I, i i need a harrison ford saying don't worry kid my daughter's not seen them either all right, kid. Welcome to the Falcon. Could you imagine standing there with Harrison Ford on the Millennium Falcon? As grizzled as he is now? It's not that big a deal. You know, he's all like, <laughs> he, he doesn't care about anything, right? He like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't. You haven't, you haven't well, I got getting in my hairy here. <clears throat> it's, it's always easier when I have a cold. <clears throat> <clears throat> Who cares? <laughs> Belloc. There's certain things I have to say to kind of get myself there. Hey, kid, don't worry. My kids haven't seen it either. They hate watching stuff with me. I don't don't think he's seen it either. Uh, No, don't worry. I haven't seen them either. That would be really good, yeah. Yeah. Kid, (laughs) kid, you're not the only one behind here. I um, I haven't seen it What, Harrison? I haven't seen it. What? Here's that's JJ. Like, what did you say? <laughs> what? <laughs> you what? Never. <laughs> once. But really, like Harrison saw him once, like at the premiere back in that's seventy-seven, right. eighty, and eighty-three. And then it. I think he saw Empire again for the thirtieth anniversary for that big charity event that happened in L.A. And yeah. uh, right, you, that's you know, right. But it didn't stick. It didn't take. It's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, he's just, you know, it's it's still nothing good about it. But But I wonder if he's seen Harry Potter. Oh, the tables have turned. (laughs) The tables have turned. So, kid, come here. What were you in? Lord of the Rings? No, I'm Harry Potter. (laughs) Never. What? What'd you say? (laughs) What? Never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he thinks that that Daniel Radcliffe is a hobbit. A hobbit. Uh, yes, yes, yes. He he definitely would think he was a hobbit. What, 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 what are you, one of those hobbits? <laughs> he doesn't even know hobbit. He's like, what? What are you talking? 
You know, he's just. <laughs> He doesn't even know it's Lord of the Rings. I think, I think, I think Harrison, one that's the, he's the one that's talking. Talking. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. I like him. You know what I like about Daniel Radcliffe is he doesn't act like that victimized child star. He actually looks like someone who has grown from his experiences and who has his feet on the ground. And I like that about him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to like about Daniel Radcliffe. Final clip here from the Conan O'Brien show. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe about being on set of Star Wars. The overwhelming atmosphere of the place is just so excited and everyone, you know, for Harrison Ford, who's been doing these films for so long, to be so excited about the new ones, just, uh, I, I think, is an amazing sign. He's also just such a, there are very few actors left that have that kind of presence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's been in so many iconic movies yeah. and he's, you know. And it's uh, effortless. For so many years and it's just hilarious. It's just, you know, and, and he's he comes on this show all the time and people just, all he has to do is just raise one eyebrow and people go crazy. Yeah. You know, he's got, Completely. he's got that power. But he is, he's, there's an effortless, and that's what was kind of great about his work in the films as well, is that there's like, it's all, every, all hell's breaking loose around him and he's just so casual. And that is like, from, it just seemed to be quite like the man I met, which is even cooler. I told this once before, but I was at a, like a, a fair, like a county fair, and there were a lot of kids running around and fun things and trampolines and Harrison Ford was there and with his family and I just walked up to him and there was a bouncy castle that a bunch of kids were in and I just said, hey Harrison, get in the bouncy castle and he looked at me and he said, I don't get in bouncy castle. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me really happy. Well, it's, yeah, it's like- and then he took out a whip and whipped me. <laughs> I like how Conan sets that up. I was at the fair. There's a lot of great things for kids. There was a bouncy house, clown balloons, Harrison Ford, <laughs> cotton right. candy machine. Is, is he part of like the rollout for the fair? You know, he's That's just what like I was thinking. <laughs> he's, a, he's a ride. <laughs> is he the information booth? <laughs> bouncy house to the left, kid. Uh, but. <laughs> Oh, I was going the same place. I was going to the same place. Oh, all right. Well, good stuff. And um, always great to hear stories from uh, about Harrison Ford, especially. And, you know, Jim, the one thing that he said is he's excited. Harrison doesn't get excited about anything. I think he's just excited because it's over. Yay. But um, maybe that he can excited <laughs> or he can walk under his own power, you know, things <laughs> like that. Very exciting for Harrison these days. No, stop. No Star Wars parodies. <laughs> uh, hold on one second, Jason. Before we go any further, we do have our results back from the Rebel Force Radio Sound Lab. That's right. We've processed Matt Lanter's voice to see what he would sound like. Should he have ever gotten the opportunity to voice Darth Vader? Now, he gave us, he gave us an audition earlier. Impressive. Most impressive. And then we took it and we put it through the Vader Yourself app to make him sound like Darth Vader. Because, you know, you can't just do the Darth Vader voice. You have to have a little bit of electronical treatment. So check this out. Impressive. Most impressive. Hey, it's not too bad. <laughs> no, I think he's pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good. Well, so, I'll tell you what. If the whole James Earl Jones thing doesn't work out for him. That's right. Uh, we've, got, we've got a number two. Hey, it worked for him before. Being the second guy worked out not too bad for him when he got the uh, Anakin gig. So maybe he can get that Vader gig. Yeah. So we're doing our part here. I'm going to send that to Matt. That'll be part of his... 
his uh, his demo reel from now on. Uh, so uh, should the opportunity ever present itself, he can audition with this piece of audio magic. So beautiful, beautiful. We we got to represent him. We need a piece of this. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we wrap things up here and get into our big spoiler segment, I do want to talk about our friends at Dorkside Toys. Dorkside Toys, for those of you who don't know, Wave 6 of the Black Series, they're, they're coming soon. And um, But here's the thing. You can get the four figures for less than $20 each with free shipping. Whoa. Yeah, less than 20 bucks. That's less than the, the price that you'll pay at the Toys R Us or the Walmart. And let's face it, none of those places have them. Yeah, and you don't spend the, burn the gas and the money looking for them. And let's face it, and the time. Time is money. Time so, is money. And shows you're not up at your yeah, doorstep. Right. Yeah. You're not going to this Walmart and then that Target and then that Toys R Us. Yeah, no. Just go to Dorkside Toys. So you can, you can get them. Um, and what a great Christmas gift, right? I, one of the best Christmases I remember, I think I was, this was when Phantom Menace, or excuse me, when Revenge of the Sith had been out pre- that previous summer and the final wave of Phantom Menace figures were so hard to find and my wife went out and she got them for me. I don't I to this day I don't know how she got them for me. I don't know if she mail ordered them, eBay, combination of both, whatever she did. She got them for me. That was an amazing thing. I didn't even know that she knew those figures existed, let alone that I needed them and she got them for me. So you want to make that person that Star Wars uh, fan and your life happy? Go to Dorkside Toys. Get them something from there. Get them these, these, uh, this Wave 6 that's coming out. Also, the Rebels figures, they're still on pre-order. Um, that's not, that's not Dorkside's fault. Hasbro's got to get their stuff together. But you can make sure that you get those pre-orders in, and then you'll get the figures when, they, when they're released. Also, the three and three-quarter inch figures, too, um, of Malgus and Starkiller. Speaking of Force Unleashed, Jim. Yes. That's the Starkiller figure. And um, also, the Saga Legends, the, the, the Mission series, and uh, all kinds of great stuff. Just you got to check it out. Go to shotglassdigital.com and click on the Dorkside banner, and boom, like hyperspace, you'll be transported right into their shop, and you can uh, uh, buy to your little heart's content. And as I say, great idea for Christmas. And we thank our good friends at Dorkside for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. All right, you know the rules. 15 minutes on the egg timer. That's right. I got it right here. Analog, baby. So this is your last warning. You got If you don't want to hear spoilers, okay. stop listening right now. Here we go. We're on the clock as of now. Spoiler talk. Star Wars Episode Seven. spoiler talk. Star Wars The Force Awakens, spoiler talk, I should say. Yeah. I got to get yeah. used to that. I'm still going to call it Episode Seven. the heck with it. Occasionally, Jim, uh, we read rumors on the internet from guys like Mayimbe, uh, Mayimbe, yeah, and uh, websites like uh, StarWarsMovie.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes we just hear things through the grapevine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we've been hearing a lot of stuff about Luke's character. As a matter of fact, last time we did our famous 15-minute spoiler alert, we were talking about... The fact that Luke could slide into darkness at some point during the next Star Wars film. But I think it's much more complicated than that. I think Luke's situation is way beyond his control or the control of any other Jedi from the things we've been hearing. 
because of the fact that he is the son of the chosen one and really i think one of the last vessels of of uh, like the last type of person who can actually control the force to the degree that he can means that he is in control of a lot of the force you know in the in the prequels they would always just sum it up really easily by just saying he's got a high midi chlorian count i don't think there's going to be any talk of that with luke in Star Wars The Force Awakens. I think the Force is going to awaken within Luke itself, himself. The Force itself will awaken within Luke, and it's going to become so powerful that he has to put himself in this self-imposed exile. He has to shut himself off from his friends and family and just society in general. That's why he hides out in this location that was shot in Ireland, and throughout the film, the characters Kira, played by Daisy Ridley, and John Boyega's character, who we are led to believe is a former stormtrooper, they are in search of Luke with, the, with Han and Chewie as well. And uh, they, they find him in this location where he's hidden himself for at least a decade because he can't control his powers. He had to shut himself off from the rest of the galaxy. That's what, that's what we've been hearing. But there is good news, Jason. There is. There is good news. At the, by the end of the film, he pulls it Chewie all Chewie brings him a razor? <laughs> Chewie brings him a razor. He shaves off that beard before that beard can sign up for a Twitter account. He <laughs> shaves off the beard. He pulls it all together at the end. As we were teasing earlier in the show, does Luke, does Mark Hamill shave off the beard because he's finished with shooting? Or does Mark Hamill shave off the beard because his character requires that? And I think that's when Luke will come full circle. We'll know the Luke Skywalker we left at the end of Return of the Jedi. Somehow he'll be able to clean his system or or be able to, to focus the Force energy in the way that lets him return to society. Well, it's an interesting theory. That's it's an interesting theory. That's I, a I lot of theory. That that's a lot I of theory. Went, yeah. yeah, where I went when I saw the shooting location uh, is that he's in some sort of prison. He's being held captive. Now, this theory is that he, has, he is in prison, but he, is, he put himself there. Now, Dave Filoni talks about the level of tr- levels of training that that various Jedi that we know have had, you know, and he posits that that Luke Skywalker may very well be the least trained Jedi out there, uh, at least having the least amount of time with uh, an experienced uh, Jedi trainer that even a, a Kanan or an Ezra uh, would have had more training than Luke. So the idea that he is clearly um, very special in terms of his his natural force abilities given who his father was and then you couple that with the fact that it's he's undisciplined maybe even still after the events of return of the jedi and that he's uh you know a bit of a powder keg and he realizes that he's mature enough to realize that and he puts himself you know locks himself away um and perhaps is that is is luke doing you know luke's action of doing that what perhaps leads to the dormancy of the force during this 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 period, thus the force awakening. 
You know, I think the Force remains dormant throughout the original trilogy, like I was saying. That's your new theory. That's your new theory. Just, you know, there's a lot of evidence pointing in that direction. And it doesn't really fully awaken. And I think it... It doesn't fully awaken until it gets pulled by the dark side to sort of come out of dormancy. Um, but wouldn't that be have been happening throughout the original trilogy? The dark side would have been no, because at that, triumphing. I think at that point in time, it's like, you know, you, you think about the things Yoda said about the dark side clouding everything and the suppression of um, of any sort of force infused beings at that time you know they were hunted down by the empire even you know as children so i'm really led you know i i i'm really led to believe that luke is the last that yoda says it in jedi when gone am i the last of the jedi you will be i i I strongly believe that that there is a galaxy-wide suppression of force ability and force users it just you know maybe maybe somehow some like sith black magic come into play or something to 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 maintain that well you could really go off on some wild deep ends if you want to really open yourself up to the possibility it makes you wonder like are we even close are we even close do the sith like practice this sort of black magic that could suppress the ability of the force to exist within individuals anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because it obviously is, is been smothered to a, a great extent, if not extinguished. I think they even use that kind of language. Isn't it? I think extinguished. so. The force is extinguished throughout the galaxy. Only the dark side prevails. You know, it's almost like that could be a it, line. Yeah, from it the, is from the yeah. show. You, my friend, are all that's left of their religion. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? We heard about this. Uh, again, rumor. Simon Pegg is indeed in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens as an alien who assists Kira, a character we're hearing quite a bit about, and will ride Hog Squaddle. <laughs> right. He just wants to be in the movie. So he's going to be uh why I thought he I thought he thought Star Wars sucked. Oh, but it'll be better with him in it. Oh, okay. that's what he's right. thinking. Just making sure. He Simon Pegg sure. will save Star Wars with his character and the alien is yet to be determined. Um we may have seen glimpses of this alien in certain concept art that's leaked recently. Um, the uh, mm. website moviepilot.com has a whole collection of uh, episode one spoiler photos, Jason. I have the link there, too. And, oh, um, I see that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but but this this particular spoiler is something that we here at Rebel Force Radio have been hearing behind the scenes, that Simon Pegg has been cast in Star Wars Episode Seven, and he'll be playing an alien who rides Hogsquaddle and assists Kira in some way, shape, or form. Um, I'm scrolling through some of these uh, photos that were. Uh, it's it's all concept art. There's no photos here. There, it's just uh, it's artwork. Are we saying voice only for Simon Pegg? Or well, no. I, I mean, in costume. I, I think it's it's quite possible he might be wearing a, a mask or some sort of prosthetics on his face. Um, boy, I could have sworn I saw a picture of something. Oh, there it is. There it is. 
well, impossible to make out what kind of individual is writing hog squaddle in this particular piece of concept art I'm looking at. But the hog squaddle is dragging a uh, what looks like some sort of salvage, uh, maybe a, a crash ship of some sort. It looks like Kira is directing the beast where to go. And in the background, you see a crashed Star Destroyer on this sand planet that may or may not be Tatooine. I begin to think it's not Tatooine the more I see some of this concept. I think it's Lothal. Lothal. Wow. Well, there's really nothing to, that even comes close to Lothal in here. It's, it's definitely more, more looking like uh, Tatooine than Lothal. A lot of uh, ships crashed in this environment, though. Adats laying on its side, down TIE fighters. Um, really interesting stuff. If you want to check it out, go to moviepilot.com and mm. you'll see uh, you know, uh, the Chrome Stormtrooper character yeah. that made And do they have that uh that the Sith villain? No, do now have- that's a new one. That is a new one so that- that's not on Movie Pilot. No, that one's been floating around. I think uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Underworld found this. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Underworld posted this picture of a, a Sith villain that we believe is a, an actual leaked photo. Um, looks a lot like Darth Revan, but he's holding a, a like a two-handled blade. You know, like something you would see from the 1600s. You know, um, that, yeah. It's a it's a sword, so it has the. Um you know, on on the, as part of the hilt, it has the two um, uh, pieces that jut out. I don't, I don't know my my swords, my sword anatomy. Right. But but those, Jim, they look to be also uh, laser sword parts. Yeah. Right. So you have the main you have the main blade, saber blade, and then uh, coming uh, perpendicular uh, to the to the hilt are these two uh, jutting out um, kind of mini lasers. It's a, it's a saber design we've never seen before. Red-bladed in nature. Um, yeah, two small blades coming out along the side of the hilt, uh, almost as a hand protection of some sort. Um, you know, typically that would be made out of some sort of steel or ironwork if it was on an actual old-fashioned broadsword from the 1500s or 1600s. Um, Used with two hands, and this and it's a hooded, black hooded villain. You see Sith when you look at him. Like I said, resembles it's dark. the cross guard, Jim. The cross guard, yes. That is the part of the. Yeah, I I knew it would come to me. It's it's right above the grip, right above the grip. And uh, is this a leaked picture of an episode three villain? There's been several sources online who have said yes, indeed. Their sources confirm that that is indeed an actual villain from Episode 7. Looks a lot like Darth Revan from Knights of the Old Republic. And I like to see that they're expanding creative fashion with the design of the lightsaber. Sometimes when you think you've seen it all, they come up with something new and cool. Definitely revolutionary, definitely different, but yet still, in my opinion... 100% 100% Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, as far as the, the Darth Revan thing, I, I think something that's 
should be pointed out is that we have no reason to believe at all that the folks designing this film are at all influenced by anything that happened in the expanded universe. True. It's likely that they've never even seen. It might have even been a prerequisite to work on the film (laughs) that you hadn't seen it because I think they wanted it to be fresh, but um, it's, it's probably unavoidable that there's going to be uh, some things that, that just because you're designing characters for that universe, that there's going to be some similarities but uh, you know, I can hear already people say, "Oh, they ripped off the EU," and I don't think that's going to be the that that won't that won't be the case. What we might see though is Han Solo in stormtrooper gear. Several uh, websites and places are saying that that is something that's going to happen. So Han as a stormtrooper, that'd be fun to see. Yeah, sure, a little nostalgia there. Here we go again. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's it. There Dang it. Is. It's just starting to get good. <laughs> well, it's it's going to get better. Trust me. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Big thanks to Matt Lanner. Always great to catch up with him. And uh, nice guy. Nice guy. Also, big thanks to our sponsors this week, Dorkside Toys and Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Good snacks. Fun toys. What more would you want? If you'd like to play with us in between shows, you can do so. How about that email address? Show at rebelforceradio.com. Also, iTunes, that's a good place to subscribe and review to Rebel Force Radio and all the shows that you love so much from Shot Glass Digital Network. You can also leave us a review. Just one rule. Make it good. The official website for Rebel Force Radio, rebelforceradio.com. Don't forget those t-shirts are available. They also make great Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers. You just roll it up, put a nice bow on it, stick it in that stocking. There you go. You'll be a holiday hero this year. Go to shotglassdigital.com and pick up couple of shirts that's what the man said we'll see you next time (laughs) love you all so much for rebel force radio i'm jason i'm jimmy mack and remember the force will be with you always upset about it? Oh. Oh.